Welcome to In In It It Together. Together. I'm Jay. And I'm Courtney. And this is our podcast where we discuss mental health and self-improvement from a couple's perspective. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Here we are. Excited for another podcast. How are you feeling? Um, yucky. I don't feel well today, mentally. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that, right? It's going to be our anxiety podcast because that's what we said we're going to Which is quite fitting because ding, ding, ding. I have really bad anxiety today. So talk a little bit about how you're feeling right now. I'm just super anxious and I have just ruminating obsessive thoughts and, you know, creating issues that aren't there. I'm very mindful that I'm doing that. And I, I'm hoping, you see, it's like the anxiety in me that it's just hormonal because hormonally I'm going through a tough time right now. We've talked to our listeners that we recently found out, you know, my adrenal fatigue and things that I was going through and they put me on a supplement and I think that that's kind of changed the flow of how my hormones are working. And so I am like uber emotional and creating things in my head that aren't there and stressing and worrying over things. So I'm like, I'm super anxious. So I'm just setting the tone that I may not be as clinical as I would when I describe things. I'm literally going to just describe it like from me. (laughs) And that's all right. And, you know, just so our listeners know, this is real, right? We're real. We kind of prepare for what we're going to talk about. We know what we're going to talk about. Yeah, but we kind of fly off the cuff. We just make it, you know, about our discussions and how we talk to each other. I have one wing today, people. I may not have any wings, so (laughs) I'm going to do the best I can with flying off the cuff. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's fine. I think think it's good just so our listeners know that, again, we're not scripted at all. This is just kind of how we process and how we talk. Um, and, And that's important for, you know, you guys to know that, that every discussion that we have, are the discussions we have as a couple all the time. And this is just how we interact with each other. And we process, this is how we process our emotions and how we process what we're going through. Well, that's what this is going to be. Like right now, my anxiety is a 10. So you guys are hearing, you know, ask Courtney over here. You guys are actually going to hear me process with my husband and talk to him. So my goal is that at the end of this podcast, I'll feel a little bit better. And if I don't, it's okay. I'll feel better in the next hour. But that's what processing is. So you guys are actually going to be hearing that. And I think that that's what's going to resonate with many is that they're going to see that I'm not alone. And that's the hope of this podcast on anxiety is that people aren't alone in that. And to know that we all have it. Yeah. And it was strictly coincidental that we were having an anxiety podcast and then you're dealing with a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hormonally based. Yeah. And I could tell you because I know you and I know how you process things and how you normally interact. And I know that this is just hormonal. And, and we've talked about knowing the difference between dealing with some external factors that might be causing right. anxiety or mm-hmm. stress. And then understanding that sometimes it's just a hormone. Literally. A, yeah. Hormonal response. And, you know, I deal with this all the time with depression, right? And we've, again, we've talked to that. We have previous podcasts that we kind of touch on that. And I'm fully aware and mindful that in, in those certain times that I react and mm-hmm. act differently than I would normally. And it's because of that hormonal shift. And I'm aware of that. And it's been it's been a struggle for you to to come to that realization that a lot of this stuff is 
just hormonal. It's and just- I think that's what creates the anxiety is that I don't know what the hell is wrong with me right now. Like I'm struggling. And then that creates this sense of anxiety in me that something's wrong with me. Oh my God, it's because I've been doing trauma work. And because I've been doing trauma work, I'm changing as a person. So I'm not a loving person anymore. I don't know what I'm doing. And it's just like this, and it just goes and it keeps going and going. And then I have to stop myself and be like, okay, healing from trauma does not change how you love. Healing from trauma doesn't change the amazing things that you have going on in your life. It just means that your trauma doesn't control you anymore. And so I've been worried that, you know, my relationship with you has built been built upon that. And I'm like, oh my God, does that mean my relationship with my husband's going to change now? And it was like, yes, but for the good. But when you're an anxious person and then you're hormonal on top of it, it just makes it so much worse. And it's funny because I can guarantee someone's listening to this right now being like, oh my God, thank God it's not just me. <laughs> thank God it's not just me. Well, to even take it a step further, because it's like I, I listen to you and on any other given day, and and again, this is what you have to be mindful of, right? On any other given day, you wouldn't have the same response to what you just said. Any any other time, you would see that we're closer than we've ever been. Mm-hmm. That we're you know we have you know we have our same conversations. There's nothing different in our everyday to life. If anything has come from all the trauma work that you've been doing, as that we've gotten closer. Yeah. Right. There is, when we've talked about this, right? You have this fear of change. You don't change. You don't change. Yeah, you don't like change, and change is is tough for you. And that's again, that's that's part of your personality. But that is heightened now because of the hormones that are raging inside of you, Mm -hmm. and you're seeing, like again, something that you would normally say, "Oh, okay, well, that's just an irrational thought." Now it's consuming you. Yep. Yep. It is. And it's like frustrating because like I'm like emotional on air right now. But I mean, it is what it is. Like this is just part of it. And people don't realize too. People think like, you know, you're so strong all the time. Like they don't see this part of me. But this is what makes me strong. This part of me that I'm sharing is what enables me to make the videos, enables me to do the lives, enables me to be there to help other people. You know, this is this is part of it. This is why I'm good at what I do, because I don't just have book knowledge. I have I have it too. Yeah, exactly. Firsthand experience. And we, we were having a discussion we about this early, earlier, right? We? Because we, we talk about like you had a question in oh, one of your boy. lives or well, not even on your lives. No, there you, was a question in my life, but it's been questioned quite yeah, several times. Mostly you, by men. Yeah, several times you get this question. What are your qualifications? What are your credentials? Oh they, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's the one, right? So yes, you're a clinician. You've you've had firsthand mm-hmm. knowledge and experience with dealing with related issues out in the field when you were practicing. But also this is comes from personal experience because you've been dealing with Everything you talk about, right? Anxiety and trauma work and everything that you talk about. Yeah, like I don't just pull this stuff out of my rear end. Like this is real stuff. And I what what I talk about is stuff that I am doing. Exactly. And every everything we talk about is what we do. None of it none if you hear me say, you know, talk about manifestation or uh, the law of attraction, these are things that we believe and that we do you know, actually do in our everyday life. So we're not just talking for the sake of talking. We're telling you guys what we we do on a normal day, ba- mm-hmm. on a you know, on a normal day-to-day basis. These are the things that help us. So if you agree with something that we're doing and it, it applies to you, then 
by all means. Right, yeah. You know, that's the whole point. That's why we made In It Together, right? Because we're all, we recognize that we're not alone. No. You know, we're not alone as as a couple. There's, there's several couples or, you know, there's, you know, thousands of couples that go through the same things that we go through. And and that's that's who we want to speak to, like you know, and it just doesn't have to be couples, individuals as well, right? Right. That deal with anxiety and deal with stress and deal with trauma, and that's what it's about, right? It's about hey, you're you're normal. If you if you connect with anything that we say, it's because you're normal. That's because you're normal. And there's someone else that, and not not just us, but there's millions of people out there that share the same, exact same experience. No, I just want to piggyback on, you said we were having a conversation today about experience and how I was getting questions about what my credentials were. What, what was it that we were saying? We were saying that your personal journey can be really powerful in helping other people. Yeah, absolutely. So I made an analogy that I think kind of uh, worked well with what we were saying, right? Anyone can go and get a driver's license, right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. That, yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, very unfortunately. But that doesn't make everyone a good driver. No. You know what I'm saying? You can have a license. You can go out and, you know, take the test and do all the stuff, get your license. That doesn't make you a good driver. You only know a good driver when you sit next to them in the car, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're driving with someone, you know right off the bat, this person is a good driver or this good person <laughs> is a bad driver, right? right? Yeah, because you're looking at me like I'm the bad driver, right? So no, just, I, just parking, backing up. <laughs> I, I, I'm an aggressive driver. That's I think that's that's kind of you part of it. You grew up in Boston. You yeah, can't, so you, you have can't to be just aggressive. drive Miss Daisy in Boston. Yeah. So so yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's the analogy we I gave. Right. You know, anyone can go out and get a license, but that does not make you a good driver or a bad driver. You have the knowledge of what it takes to drive, but that doesn't mean that you can apply it uh, efficiently. And that's what we see a lot of, you know, unfortunately there are a lot of good doctors and there's a lot of doctors that, you know, have the title, but don't have the expertise. And that goes for therapists too. You know, you, someone was like, Oh, you're not a psychologist. You're not, no, I'm not a psychologist. I was a clinician, but I have several, you know, quite a few different degrees in different areas. And I worked in every facet of mental health from, you know, trauma work to crisis interventions. So it's like you don't have to be a psychologist to be really well at whatever it is that you're doing. Exactly, because you bring the experience and then you bring the first-hand knowledge. Exactly, yeah. and that's that's the whole point of my analogy here, right? So you have the experience, mm-hmm. you have the first-hand knowledge, and it's not about credentials, you know what I'm saying? Again, you could, you could show someone a plaque, but that doesn't mean that you're any good at anything, at, at what you do, Yeah. right? So that's, that's what's important. It's that, how you apply it. So, but there has to be both sides of the coin, right? You have to have the practical experience and then you have to have, you know, some type of background to, you know, to be able to put things in practice. And that's what you bring to the table. Right. That's what I tell people what made me a great clinician or what maybe when I did my crisis intervention work, you know, when I'd have to show up at home at nine o'clock at night and be like, oh my God, how do I diffuse the situation? My trauma is what helped me. You know, that's you know, the anxiety that I carry every day is what made me good because I'd be triggered. When I walked in, I knew right away what I got to do because my body would tell me. And so, yeah, I think that that's what makes me good at what I do is the fact that I have this personal journey. And I, I wasn't sure about this podcast. I'm going to be honest with you. We talked about the anxiety and stuff like that. And I'm like, I currently have anxiety right now. And you were like, so you, you should do it. You know, like my anxiety, you know, is, is high and it, it's coming and it's going and it's coming in these waves. But I realized that it's hormones. And 
when your body's out of whack, it's normal for your body to be anxious to be like, whoa, what's going on here? Command center, <laughs> not working, about to hit a cliff over here. Being mindful is how you can pull the ship back a little bit. Yeah. So we're going to let's get right into it. Right. And I know you're struggling a little bit and I think it's it's good for the our listeners to hear that. Mm-hmm. But let's let's define anxiety a little bit here. Right. Okay. So what is anxiety? Well, um, all clinical definitions aside, it's really just a response to something that's either with inside of you or outside of you that you feel out of control, that you don't have control of, and that you feel like that is driving and dictating you, which makes you feel uneasy and antsy and anxious. That's really what it is. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. So, and and it's that uneasy feeling. Sometimes it presents in that manner, right? Correct, yeah. Sometimes it presents in, like for me in particular, irritability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes I lash out, you know, in anger. Uh, again, usually, <laughs> hopefully not to... <laughs> Yeah, no, um, I don't want you to think like that. that you, you just came off like, I'm a monster when it comes out. But that's your personality, too. You're, you're very straightforward and direct. And I think I, that's just how it manifests outside of you. Yeah, so, and so when I'm anxious a little bit, then that um, aggressiveness kind of, kind of you know, right. is to my detriment. Because I'm, I'm aggressive by nature, not in a, in a bad way. But when anxiety hits and you feel that uneasiness yeah. and you feel that lack of control, then that's how it manifests for me. Yeah. When for me, no. And my person, I think we're actually talking about how maybe personalities can change how things are. And when you have a very direct and forward personality, your anxiousness is going to manifest in that outside of you. You know what I mean? You're going to, you're not going to be like oh, curled in a corner. You're going to try to get it out of you. You know, you're going to be anxious and irritable and agitated. On the other hand, you have someone like me. I'm a bit more docile, a little bit more quiet. I mean, yeah, I'm spunky and I have this personality, but I am not aggressive by nature whatsoever. Like passive penny over here. Let me just let it roll by me because I don't want to deal with it, right? That's how anxiety presents. And so what happens is I get stuck in my head. I don't get it out. You know, it just keeps going over and over and manifesting. And then the thoughts keep coming. And then I start thinking, oh, my God, that's true. And because that's true, then this is going to happen. And then how do I get out of that? You fixate, right? I start fixating and I start having ruminating thoughts. And then I have these obsessive compulsive thoughts that just keep going and going and going. And it's so cumbersome because I try to stop it. And I sit there and I tell myself, like, this isn't real. You're just anxious about like you're not doing trauma work isn't changing your love for anybody, isn't changing how you love. It's changing the love you have for yourself. And that's what you're not used to. And it's like trying to do the deductive reasoning. So depending on your personality, it's going to have a huge impact on how your anxiety presents. Knowing your personality is going to help you in the long run work with it. Yeah, because it'll help you identify that it is anxiety because that's right. that's something that I struggled with for, for a long time, right? Because I didn't know why I was overly yeah. irritable at certain times. Yeah, like you just have anger issues. Exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't anger issues. It was just anxiety. So it, it is. It's very important to understand your own personality and how anxiety can take hold of you and how it can present depending on, you know, where you are in, in the personality exactly. spectrum, I and guess. I think that's what's really hard as a clinician, too. You have someone that comes in with anxiety and it's like, how do you treat it? And that's why not all clinicians are great. Not all therapists are great. They just want to blanket treat Everything and anxiety manifests differently in every single person. There are, you know, small baseline things that you can pick up on and you can say, you know, nail biting or anxiousness or ruminating thoughts. 
but how you must work through it is going to depend on how you are as a person. Yeah, and there definitely is a direct correlation between stress and anxiety, right? Yeah, yeah, there is. If you think about it, it's just a vicious cycle. And this is the best way that I can explain it without confusing anybody because I might be confused myself today. (laughs) But when you're stressed about something, you know, and maybe an everyday stressor or something that's bothering you and you don't see any resolution right away, you might become anxious about that. And then because you're anxious about that, it's going to stress you out a little bit further, right? And then you're now double stressed out. So then you become even more anxious about it. So it's really just a vicious cycle of the anxiety chasing the stressor and the stressor coming right back up under the anxiety. And that's the best way that yeah, I could explain it. It's a it. snowball effect, right? So as the snowball rolls down that hill, it it's just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what's been happening with me. Like my snowball is the size of my house right now. That's how it feels. And I feel like I'm having to like chip away at it. Like, okay, because that's all I can do. I can't roll it the other way. I have to just take some snow off of it. And that's I think the mindfulness part of it is like, this is just hormones. So once I can chip away the fact that it's just hormones and I can see underneath. So it's, it's been challenging for me. Yeah. It's just, you got to become more mindful of where you are. Right. And, and understand where you are. Right. And we've talked about And maybe just saying to myself, like, it's just hormones. It's just hormones. Like not, I'm trying to not even give what's popping up in my head an ounce of my thoughts. I'm just trying to say, just hormones, just hormones. Once my hormones level out, I'll be back. Everything will feel fine. Whatever. That's what I have to keep telling myself. And that's the best my way brain to will believe it. Exactly. Right? That's the best cells way have to memory. Yeah, that's the best way to. to my cells to are lacking attack today. It. My my cells are a little lacking today, but I think it's just because I'm anxious. Yeah. No, I could definitely tell that you're anxious. You're kind of a little bit all over the place, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it, and I'm not going to shy away from that. It is what it is. When I'm anxious, I'm all over the place because this is uncomfortable. But I think that that's part of the process is being able to sit with it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm anxious. I feel like running away right now. But what is that going to accomplish? Like, I have to finish this. And I think it's really important because you can still be productive. You can still get through the things that you have to get through. Anxiety is not going to stop me from making the decisions that I have to make and the things that I have to do and the things that I commit to. I won't let anxiety take from me. Yeah. And that's a way to manage it effectively and you have to be able to manage it effectively. That brings me to a di- another point. There's a difference between a- just normal everyday anxiety and then dis- anxiety disorders. Correct. Yeah. You're everybody has everyday anxiety disorder. Like everyday anxiety, you know, so running late, oh my god, how am I going to do on the test? What's this meeting with this boss going to be about? What am I going to cook for dinner? Like little tiny anxieties. Everybody has them. They can add up though. And then there's your anxiety disorders. Those are the ones that it's not just an everyday anxiety. It is something that takes away from your everyday. It's something that you fixate on. It's something that gets in the way of you doing things that you need to accomplish because you can't think of anything else because your brain just feels like it can't focus on anything else. And that's when it becomes a disorder is when it prevents you from being successful in what you're trying to do. Even in small tasks like household work, you know, it doesn't have to be something big, but when it gets involved in that or gets, you know, in the way of those things, then you know that this is something that I have to work through and I have to manage because everybody has the everydays. It's just when it's, you know, chronic or acute and happening all the time. Or it becomes overwhelming, you know. Exactly. When it, like how I feel now. When it's overwhelming and I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? then that's, you know, fine. And sometimes people are just, you know, anxious, you know, generalized. There's something called generalized anxiety disorder, which I don't think is a very great diagnosis. I think it's poor. And I think it's just 
uh, a slap hand thing to tell someone when you don't know why they don't why they're feeling the way that they're feeling. It and becomes no a catch all. Yeah, and and diagnosis. I I've never liked to use that. I mean, one therapist has said that to me like a long time ago, and I don't I don't think that that's accurate. We have our everydays, and then we have the other end where it's acute and where we need to work through it. Yeah, and it's important to acknowledge that because there there are disorders like this. You know, there's phobias. Yes, that, absolutely. That manifest themselves. So it's important to know the difference in managing them, understanding where where you lie on that anxiety spectrum is important. Exactly. And I think doing some research is important, but researching where you're researching is number one. Where are you getting your information from, I think, is really important. You know, the tough thing is, is sometimes when you have anxiety, you're searching for answers, but anxiety is searching for answers. So you need to know, is this a good time? You know what I mean? Like when you're very anxious, your anxiety is pushing you to look for something. So you need to be able to take a step back. So that you're looking from it from, you know. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. And that brings us to our next point, right? Like there's techniques to help reduce anxiety. And we should talk about those. Like what do you normally do or what would you recommend? Like I know how I handle my anxiety now, Mm -hmm. right? And, And we've talked a little bit about like belly breathing. That helps to center me helps me to to calm that, you know, that tension that you get in your chest. Yeah, that tightness. Yeah. So, and again, some people, it manifests that way, I think. A lot of people do, but, you know, it manifests For me, I always feel people. anxiety in my chest where I feel like I can't get a cleansing breath. Like, I can't go, you know, I just want that cleansing breath. And even when I do it, it doesn't feel better. So, not everything is going to work for everyone. For me, processing and talking out loud helps my anxiety go from a 10 to about a 6. And a six is manageable. Like right now it feels about a six, seven, you know, because I'm talking, I'm processing, I'm talking about how I feel. I'm trying to make sense of what's going on. Talk therapy is extremely helpful. So finding someone like that can be objective that can say, well, why do you think that is? Like, you know me so well that you can say, it's just your hormones. Like you're fine. We're fine. That gives validation and reassurance when I'm unable to do that for myself, not because I don't want to and not because I wouldn't do it on another day, but because emotionally my hormones are in a place where my brain is thinking like that. So it, it helps. So that's one thing that you can do is really process it. Like it's not saying I'm anxious. It's doing what I'm doing right now. This is how I feel. This is what I know. This is what's happening. I try to tell myself this, but that's not working. It's really getting to the bottom when all of a sudden you don't have any more questions to ask. That's how you process something. And that's how you've taught me how to do that. And validating, you know, you said validating. Validation is huge. Yeah, because you can say, you know, this is normal. This is okay. This is this will pass. Exactly. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with me. You know, that's that's big, because if you can validate yourself, empower yourself that that there's nothing wrong with you per se, like that this is normal. And a lot of people go through this. You're better equipped to start to, you know, manage it. Yeah, I think it's really important. Like for me, self-compassion has really helped me being mindful of this is how I feel. And I think it's just validating myself like, look, you're a hot mess right now. You feel a hot mess. Stop trying to pretend like you're not a freaking hot mess. Stop acting like everything's okay. You are falling the hell apart. Just let yourself fall apart and tell yourself, hey, you'll put yourself back together when you're ready. This is going to pass. That's why I keep telling myself as soon as my hormones level out, this will be over. This will be over and you'll be fine. This is just a bad hormonal cycle that you're going through it's just validating myself that i'm going to be okay like i was not like this three days ago like i didn't have these ruminating thoughts i was i felt yucky because it was hormonal but it wasn't this bad 
And it's this bad because things are just prolonged right now. And my body's like, I need a break. Like, can I get to a level of, of balance of homeostasis? My body's just out of whack. So yeah, processing it and asking yourself questions, that's the number one thing you can do with anxiety because you are literally vibrating as you're talking and as you're getting it out. It just, it feels better. That's my thing. But I know of a couple other techniques that we can talk about. Well, you said vibrating and that's that's interesting that you said yeah, that, right? Yeah, because I can get to that. Because you've been dealing with or been working with frequencies yes. as of late. So talk a little bit about that. So solfeggio frequencies are healing frequencies. And I believe there's nine or ten tones. And so here's the thing. I'm not going to get into the science behind it, but there is. Everything is made up of energy, okay? Bees, science have done, scientists have done like, you know, these studies. Bees fly and vibrate at a specific frequency. Chlorophyll and water run and, and flow at frequencies. We are all made up of frequencies. So when we have unresolved issues that are going on or unresolved emotions or anxiety or panic, Sometimes finding the right frequency for you can actually help break up all that unresolved energy and make you feel balanced. And honestly, I, I did a video on TikTok about this. It was 417 hertz. And it was at like a 1 million point one right now views. And most, I think 90% of the people were like, holy crap, that worked. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, for me, it made me more anxious. That one made you more anxious. Yes. But when we did the other one, it, it calmed me down. It calmed so me it, down. it depends. The frequencies depend on, again, because you said, you know, bees and water and everything vibrates. Mm -hmm. Every And so don't we as human beings. We have vibrational frequencies. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because we, we share ideas. But they're they're rooted in the same kind of the same logic, if you will, right? You've done research on those frequencies. I had no I had no idea about frequencies or anything to do with like Reiki or any of that stuff. But I read up on a lot of like the law of attraction and manifesting, mm -hmm. and it's the same thing, right? Mantras. It's about changing your vibrational frequencies to attract what you want. So again, there is there's there's a science behind this stuff. Some people may call it like a pseudoscience, but that's all up to your own interpretation. Exactly. It's up to everybody's interpretation. And that's where one of the comments came from. Like, what are your credentials on this? Like, can you just listen to the frequency? If it helps you, great. If it doesn't, try another one. And can we move forward on, you know, do we, do I really need to show you credentials about energy? Like, I don't have a credential about energy. It's just something that I, I started to look into and it helps. And there's different frequencies for different people. But I will say. If there's one frequency that you listen to that is so off-putting that you like feel like you have a headache, I can't listen to it and push yourself because that typically means that that's the energy within you that needs to be broken up. That's just what I've been experiencing from for myself because sometimes the one that I really like is not good for me. And then I have to put on another one. It's just playing with it. They're just frequencies, they're brainwaves, binaural beats sometimes is what they're referred to as and it's, it can be super helpful for someone who's in a state of panic or is not able to calm down. Yeah, again, it's probably a good way to trigger, like if you're working on managing anxiety, mm -hmm. if you're working on um, even using the techniques, the other techniques that we'll talk about, knowing which frequency triggers you might be a good way to to, to start to learn how to manage that stuff. Right, and some people say to me, well, where do you find them? How long can you listen to? Can you listen to it too much? It's like, look, I listen to it in my car. I can listen to it in the toilet, like wherever I want to listen to it. And you can listen to it for however long you need to. 
for me, sometimes it's a minute. I just need a minute. And sometimes it's like 45 minutes when I'm journaling at night. You can listen to it whenever. You can have it playing in the background. And you can find it for free on YouTube. You just Silvegio healing tones. And then you just find the one that really resonates with you the most and test them out. Some people like to listen to them in their headphones and some don't. For me, when I listen to them with my headphones, I don't get the same response. When I listen to it on loud, I feel like I can feel the vibrations in my entire body. Everybody's different. So try to listen to it differently. Try your headphones. Try without headphones. Try it in your car with the bass. Because in my car, with my, I love it. It feels like, like I feel it coming through me. So it, it all depends. Yeah. And you have to have an open mind about this stuff, you know? Yeah. Like you can't be like, oh, this crap doesn't work. Let me turn it on. It's not. And you got to be like, hmm, what's this about? Exactly. Because it's not going to work for everyone. It's not going to be for everyone. Right. You know, some people are a lot more touchy feely <laughs> for lack of a better word. Right. And some people are more like concrete. Now, again, we're two different people. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm very logical with my thinking. That's how I operate. You're a lot more emotional with your thinking. No, no, I wouldn't say logical. You're just just more more emotional based. based. Yeah, exactly. But we and we do our work differently, right? What we're what you're looking for and what I'm looking for completely different things. So we're we're doing research on different things, but we we find these common grounds, right? These common threads to what we're doing. It's all about just having an open mind and. Nothing is if you don't want if you don't believe something's going to work for you, it won't it won't work for you. And I think that that's the thing is, you know, I tell people this when they go to therapy, every clinician or therapist needs to treat their patients as individuals. You know, so if binaural beats don't work for you, sulfuragio frequencies don't work for you, that's fine. Maybe it's it's something else. You have to find what works for you, but you're not going to know unless you try. The other thing, the other technique that I can think of that I think would be helping is EFT, which is emotional freedom tapping. And you have your meridians, like at the top of your head, the base of your eye, your wrist. And literally all it is is just tapping, tap, 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 as you think of something positive and you replace your negative thoughts with that. It's just emotional freedom tapping, tap, 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 tap. And that can really help some people. That's another, you know, thing that we can talk about. And you do that while you're in the midst of anxiety yep. or some while type of you're stress. In the midst. Now, for some people, tapping on the top of their head or their meridians, they're just like, I, I, I can't do that right now. So there's another method, and I've taught this in my lives, and people love it. It's called the butterfly tap, which is a form of EFT tapping. So you interlock your fingers to make like a bat symbol, you know, so your thumbs interlock, and you place them uh, on your chest so that both thumbs are pressed to the crest of your chest and so that all you can do is lift up your fingers. Now, when you're having a panic attack or anxiety, it's when there's what's referred to as sometimes as cognitive dissonance. So when the left and right side of your brain aren't communicating to one another. So you take a deep breath, you do your box breathing, you breathe in for four and out for three, and then you tap your right and your left. And as you're tapping your right or your left and you're breathing, by tapping the right side and left side of your body, it helps your right side and left side of your brain to make a connection. So it could and help, and in most cases, reduce panic and anxiety by half. Wow, that's great information. So I didn't even know about that butterfly uh, yeah. technique. I know I've heard you mention it, but I never really uh, like asked you how it actually worked. Yeah. But that makes sense. Yeah. Right? And I have people that were like, oh, my God, I was in freaking Hobby Lobby and I had a panic attack and I ran out to my car and I just whipped out the butterflies. She's like, I didn't care that I looked like Batman sitting in my seat like I just did it. And it worked. Thank you. Really? You could do anything. Tapping, whatever it is consciously making a decision to do something else and focusing on that is going to make your anxiety go away. 
Think about that. Yeah, well... You could go outside and throw a rock at a tree repeatedly over and over. You're focusing so hard on throwing that rock at the tree that you've taken some control back. Yeah, again, it goes back to just having an open mind about yeah. what you're trying to achieve. And if you, again, if you if you don't think it's going to work, it's not going to work. Right, right exactly. And people will say, oh, it's the placebo effect. Oh, my God, I heard that like so many times in the last few weeks. And I'm like, all right, then then move on. Well, why does what people don't question why does the placebo effect work, right? Because it's mind over matter. Exactly, because it's all it, your your brain is is a powerful instrument, and it can do so much. We underutilize our brain. That's a that's fact. fact. That is a fact, actually. So, if you believe something's going to work, it will work. If you don't believe something's going to work, then it's never going to work. So, you have to have an open mind about this stuff, and. What works for one person might not work for someone else. It's about finding what works yeah. for you. And again, the again, the placebo effect, why does a placebo effect work is is the same is that same reason. If you are going into something thinking it's going to work for you, it's it'll work for you. Exactly. And here's here's like a pet peeve, right? Just because it doesn't work for you does not mean that it doesn't work at all. And that's the biggest frustration I have. Oh, it didn't work for me. This is horse crap. It didn't work for you. Have a nice day. That didn't mean for the other million people that did this video that it didn't work for them either. And I think that that's where we, we get stuck and we need to get out of. Just because something doesn't work for you doesn't mean and take away from its power. Find something else to try. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm trying to think of there's anything else. Oh, one of the other methods that I think is 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 temperature. Temperature causes or can actually help reduce when you're having panic or anxiety. And there's something that I learned a long time ago that I just never implemented. And I really read about it the other day again, was ice, you know, holding an ice cube. So they tell you when you're having a panic attack or anxious, go and grab an ice cube and hold it in your hand and squeeze it into a fist and hold it for as long as you can, for as long as you can endure that freezing pain. And by the time you release your hand, your panic should have reduced because your body now has to go to your hand. Uh-oh, you know, your neurotransmitters are saying frostbite or something's wrong in this hand. I need to go there. And it leaves whatever else is it's been fixating on in your brain to go and handle this. That really can help, you know, temperature. That's why they do that. What is it? Cryotherapy and things like that. Or people take ice cold baths or ice cold showers. A shock to the system helps, you know, by using temperature. I think that's more to do with your musculature, but uh, yeah, I could see that working. No, for, but yeah, because you're, if you're distracting, it's the same thing with like headaches. Like I have migraines, right? Yeah. And one of the things you do when you have a migraine is, you know, there's there's certain techniques that you can help with migraines, right? And a lot of people say you squeeze between, you know, the 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 part of your skin between your thumb and your the web and your point part. finger. Yeah, that web part. Um, that never really worked for me. But um, for me, is I, I find the the usually my headaches, my, my migraines happen behind my eyes right so there's a there's a small like the crevice between where your your where your eye meets your brow mm -hmm. that's where i can find where the pain is right and a lot of the times when i have these migraines i'll put just a small amount of pressure there which will cause pain in in that part i don't i don't know clinically i don't know if i should be doing this but <laughs> i can't but, answer that cuz i'm not a doctor exactly but um but it helps you know, relieve the I'm focus from the migraine yeah. to, you know, it, it, it's, it centralizes the pain to that portion and it relieves the migraine in a, in a, in a weird way. So 
Um, I don't recommend anybody poke their eyeballs out. No, don't poke your eyeballs out. <laughs> and if you do poke your eyeballs out, it's not we didn't tell you to poke your eyeballs out. So please. Yeah. So just find what works for you in terms of relieving your anxiety or relieving, you know, the stressors and use it. You know, let us know. Let us know. Let us know what works for you because we'd love to hear. Yeah. And if you have and something, you know, unconventional or something that has helped, you know, some people say oils and things like that. And sometimes those things might work for you and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just finding what works for you. So I think it'd be really cool if you have some cool anxiety techniques or things that you've learned to let us know, because maybe we could do a follow up, just, you know, giving that information to our listeners. Yeah, and absolutely. Stuff. And just and, sharing those yeah. those techniques. And, you know, hydration is, is important. Oh, that's, my that's God. That's key. We're, what, 70% water? Actually, more? we're more than 70% water. So if you think about it, when we're dehydrated, our brain's not going to work appropriately. Our body's not going to process things appropriately. And so you can find yourself feeling anxious because your body's on alert. Your body's like, whoa, wait a minute, I'm dehydrated. So you're going to start panicking because your body's going to try to get you to drink water. Yeah, because anxiety, a lot of what anxiety is, is just your fight or flight response kicking in, right? Mm -hmm. Actually, there's an added fight, flight, or freeze. Did you know that? I did not know It's referred to as fight or flight because it's easier said, but there's also a freeze aspect. And that's why some people who are on fight or flight don't know if I should fight the situation should I, you know, f- like flee the situation or do I freeze? And that's why myself and some other people freeze in situations. So that's part of it. Anyways, I just had to kind of throw that in there. Hey, but, you learn something new every day. But hydration is huge. I have been drinking today. So I know that that's not a uh, contributor to my anxiety because I have my trusty water bottle over here. Well, I think that's helping because if yeah. you were dehydrated on top of your home. Oh, it would have been worse. Yeah, you would have been worse. It would have been worse. So, yeah, so that's another thing. If you, That's one of the first things people can easily do, no matter where you are. Have I drank my water intake today? Now, most people say, oh, eight, eight glasses a day, which is BS because it should be based upon your body weight, right? So if you're 100 pounds, right, you divide that in half, which is what, 50? That's the number in ounces of water that you should be taking in a day. So everybody, again, is different. So making sure that you're actually drinking how much. Most people drink the amount of, drink coffee in the amount of water that they should be drinking. Coffee is not going to be hydrating you. Juice is not going to hydrate you. Soda does not count. All liquids do not count. Water is hydration. Yeah, no, absolutely. You can't, you know, say that enough, right? Exactly. We do not drink enough water, you know, as a as a whole. And, and typically and we, I struggle with that. Yeah, we, we need to really look at that. Like I've been, I don't I don't drink anything but water mm-hmm. other than like t- towards the end of the day, you know, when, when you have like a, a little bit of soda or, you know, in my case, maybe a beer once in a while. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I try to just drink water. And that's, that's been a huge, like we talked about, like, like I like my burgers. I like going out and having, you know, some fast food once in a while, and I'm trying to stay away from that, right? <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, I made a conscious decision not to have the drink, right? Not Don't have the soda. Have just, the water. Just drink water. So I, that's how I justify my... <laughs> it's balanced. <laughs> Ex- you know? you got to have balance in your life. You know exactly. what kills me? I love when I see someone be like, yo, I'm going to take a number six with this, 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 this. Oh, and a Diet Coke. <laughs> Like yeah. at that point, just get the Coke <laughs> or get a water and balance it out. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you're right. And because yeah, Diet Coke is the worst thing you can you yeah, can You're, you can you're better off drinking regular soda than you are. Really? Exactly. See, if you if at that point, because it's, you know, the, the chemicals in that. But anyway, we're not going to go into into yeah. that stuff and we'll we'll 
back away from from well that'll be a <laughs> that's a whole other episode exactly we'll probably won't touch that because that's not really self-help i guess in, in a in a weird way it is well, self-help nutrition right? can be self-help you yeah know? you're right because nutrition plays a huge part in like our everyday life so well, maybe yeah. we will have a yeah. nutrition well maybe i can also share what i've been learning and going through myself with gut health and how that you know has impact how that impacts everything maybe we'll follow up with that yeah that is a good idea we'll uh We'll give that some thought and we'll, we'll work on that one. Yeah. But we definitely, we want to be able to, I, I want to wrap things up and I want to make sure like, you know, that we've, we've gone over. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about breathing too, because that's, oh, that's which, right. you know, just in the same line of hydration, breathing is such an important, a key factor in our health that we should talk a little bit about breathing because it's like, we don't breathe what do they say? With intention. Like we don't. Exactly. That's important. Consciously like. Breathing with intention is so important, right? Because we're, again, it's it's our life, right? It's what how we live. It's how we sustain life. Yeah. yeah. We come into this world and the first thing we do is is take a breath. Yeah. Right? And when we move on, when we, you know, pass on, the last thing we do is, you know, take a breath. So it's important to breathe. And you, you talked about box breathing. So you guys should Get some more information, you know, do a Google search or on box breathing. I talk about belly breathing as well. Um, these are all important factors. You probably, you can do your own research on that. Mm-hmm. But breathing is important. Just taking the time to breathe with intent. And that that helps. That helps me um, center myself and get through my anxiety. And it's worked you know, wonders for me. So I recommend that. Um, for you know our listeners i think that's a great idea you've taught me about that you know belly breathing <laughs> me and my gut no i'm just kidding not really but trying to like take that big breath in and filling your whole stomach with that and then just exhaling it out and sucking your whole stomach in like that helps anxiety too because you're you have to focus on breathing that you can't focus on like oh my god i'm anxious at the same time that i'm breathing you just can't do that you know there's multitasking but you can't multitask and do those two things at the same time so you're removing your attention onto something else. And I think that that's, that's big. So I would definitely highly recommend belly breathing. Yeah. And five minutes a day is what, you know, we, again, we probably recommend of some type of meditation and breathing helps with that, right? Because again, it's like you, if you're breathing with intention and you're concentrating on your breath, then, you know, it helps you to meditate. Cause that's, that's, I know a struggle that you have and a struggle that I, I had when I first started my journey on, you know, trying to meditate and quiet my mind, right? Because our, our mind is racing all the time, especially me. I got 30,000 things on, on that, that that are going through my head, mm-hmm. different scenarios, different things I have to do today, you know, and, and all kinds of stuff that's, that's constantly. So I need at least, you know, 10 minutes a day to quiet my mind and be able to, you know, sit and we do mantras, which again is another form of mm-hmm. changing your your uh, frequencies and changing how our body vibrates. Um, but you know, taking those breaths in helps me to quiet my mind and help me to meditate. So again, recommendations of things that we do in our personal life that might help you. And now I think I owe it to our listeners because I started off extremely anxious, and they had to hear that in me. So I'm going to do a baseline check in with myself, and I'm going to teach them how to do that. I'll teach you guys how to do that. So if I needed to assess, okay, where's my anxiety now? When I started the podcast, I would say it was about a nine and a half, 10. I'm at a six now because I was able to process and get to a better point. Does this mean that in an hour from now, it won't be at a 10? I don't know. It just means that I've proven to myself processing and talking makes you feel better. 
So when you have these moments where your mind isn't racing, appreciate that. Like I can take a little breath now. I feel a little bit of emotion come over me because it's a little bit of a relief. Like, okay, I'm going to be all right. It's just hormones. It's just this. It's just that. So take the time to check in with yourself too. Don't just stop and then, you know, go into something else. Take the time to appreciate the decrease in it. Let your brain know, like, see, I like this brain. This is good. We were able to move from a 10 to a six. I just wanted to owe it to you guys to let you guys know that I'm checking in just so I didn't leave you guys hanging and say, I do feel a little bit better. Am I 100%? No, but I feel better. And better is the goal. Yeah. And with the, with the week we've had oh, on God. top of everything, and we won't get into the ins and outs, but it's been a tough week uh, for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons, of course. You know, checking in with yourself is is a great exercise all the time to do, right? Whether you feel anxious or not, it'll help you to gauge where you are on, you know, and give yourself a baseline to, okay, this is, this is how I am at my best. And then you start to realize, okay, this is when I'm, you know, very, very anxious opposed to when I'm very, you know, mellow. Yeah, and, and for, know, for anybody that be. wants to learn to how to be a little bit more mindful or just understand mindfulness, we actually have an episode on mindfulness where you can just learn a little bit more about that. And I think we had, a, you know, a few little techniques and stuff because honestly, that's where you start to change anything, a behavior or whatever it is that's going on in your life. You got to be mindful of it. You got to know it exists and you got to know where you're at. So I would definitely check out that episode. You might find it helpful. So we'll leave you guys with that. Uh, we hope that you were able to get something positive out of this and reach out to us. Let us know that this was helpful or maybe there's a, a separate podcast that you want us to try. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to get in touch with us, you can send us an email. It's at podcast with an S. OK, so plural podcast at epiphany media, E-P-I-C-P-H-A-N-Y media dot com. Let us know what you thought, what worked, if you had any ideas. And if honestly, we've we talked a lot about having people come on. If you have a story you want to tell, if you have something that you think would be interesting, you want to be part of that, we want to hear from you and would love to have you on. So definitely reach out. Like yeah. we said, we're all in this together. So reach out to us. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, um, and how we can make the show better. Yeah, and if you you're if you're not following me on TikTok, it's ask.courtney. Or you can follow me on Instagram at askcourtney underscore. So till next time, guys, remember, we're all in this together. Stay safe. Be well. And there's nothing wrong with asking for help. 